Welcome to An Authentic Life, your approachable guide to the imperfect journey of self-empowerment, holistic health, and genuine happiness with me, nutritional medicine practitioner, Miranda Partridge. Together, we'll learn more about ourselves, challenge our limiting beliefs, and foster unconditional self-love with curiosity, experimentation, and a dash of dork to find what it really means to live an authentic life. Hello, beautiful. Welcome to much later than expected and intended um, episode of An Authentic Life. My name is Miranda. I'm a body positive nutritionist based in Brisbane. And my podcast, I guess, is just my opportunity to talk to you about different concepts that I think are important to teach for nutrition, but also for self-growth and awareness and all of those sort of things. And my last episode, which was my first one for this year, I actually recorded when I thought I was pregnant and I was pregnant. And then um, about three weeks, actually, it was exactly three weeks ago, right at this moment that I'm recording, I had another miscarriage. Um, So it's the, you know, first week of March recording this. And it's been a really big year. My husband being rushed hospital on the first day of the year uh, in the middle of a camping trip and my miscarriage and a few other family dramas. Plus, you know, there's the war over in Ukraine that started and the flooding that's been happening in northern rivers of New South Wales, which is where all of my husband's family live. Thankfully, they are all okay. Some of them have been affected by the floods, um, but most of them are okay and their possessions and houses are okay, which I'm really grateful for. But it's been a really stressful start to the year. I did a video a few days after my um, miscarriage where I got my blood test results and went through those. And that's on my Instagram if you want to have a look at it. Because it talks very much about like the direction that I'll be going in with my health because the way that I see my miscarriages. Like the first one I thought, well, maybe it was just like the stress that was happening at the time. But I think the second one was really a wake-up call for, like, the stress that I am under just on a day-to-day basis. You know, being a full-time mum, having a husband that works two jobs who, at the moment, because of the Brisbane floods, which, again, we didn't get affected by other than work, thankfully. So grateful. Um, He has to do overtime because he works for the council. So everyone from the council is working seven days a week at the moment. Um, and he's an arborist, so all the stuff that he's doing is, you know, tree-related incidents. Yeah, and it's, like, that on top of his other job, on top of everything else that's happening, like, and that residual stress is still there. But for me, it was an invitation to become aware of the things that I inherently do to try to avoid my stress. I feel like my birth of my son was very much an opportunity for me to understand that avoidance is a big tactic of mine. And ever since then, I have been aware of how I avoid the things that are scary or stressful or whatever. But it's like anything, it's one of those things that you kind of gain awareness of it and then you 
might be deep into avoidance so you very much like put it out of your mind essentially and just do it without the awareness and it's okay to be in that space because awareness takes time um the way that I usually explain it to clients because like the the way I see it is like avoidance could be binge eating like emotional eating it can be binge watching tv which is one of my worst ones or you know being addicted to social media those can be huge avoidance techniques and one of the most important things about that is understanding that that technique is there because you were not given the support or tools to be comfortable with your emotions and enable yourself to process the really hard negative emotions of fear, anger, grief, sadness, frustration, you name it, insecurity, all of those things. For whatever reason, you weren't given that support. And so you can't have a go at yourself and you can't have negative thoughts towards that tactic if that was the best that you could do with a complete lack of tools and it's gotten you this far so instead of you know becoming aware that you're doing it and then having a go at yourself for doing it what I generally encourage is having gratitude for that technique that you have because without it you may not be coping as well as what you currently are you might feel like you're not coping very well at the moment and that's also valid but I don't see the point in being all negative about the fact that you have whatever technique it is because it's not going to help you. It's just another thing to have guilt or shame about which just piles on top of all of the other negative shit you're already feeling and trying to avoid. So instead of that, just being aware and even actively saying, well, this is what I'm choosing to do right now because this is what's going to feel good right now for me. And that's okay. You know, I have these other tools. I can try them when I feel ready. I can try them when I don't feel ready. But right now, this is the choice that I'm making. And I take ownership of that choice without judgment and without guilt and without shame. And clearly, I talk about this as somebody who deals with it all the time, every day. And some of the ways in which I have been not combating, but addressing these patterns within myself are just very gently moving away from those things with things that might be similar or things that will be completely different without restricting myself and, you know, realizing that I'm, I'm learning, but more than anything, like I think because I've been avoiding so much of the hard stuff, because I have a lot of trauma, a lot of guilt, a lot of shame, a lot of anxiety and grief and everything in my life, a lot of fear. And the way that I avoid means that I'm actually missing out on the good stuff, the beneficial stuff in life because I isolate myself. And then my anxious mind starts telling myself like people are angry at me or annoyed at me or judging me. And none of it's true. Even if they were 
angry, judging, etc. Like, that's none of my business and that's their own insecurities. But I just assume when I'm feeling really crappy that people are behaving in ways that honestly makes them the reason why I'm isolating myself. So again, it's another avoidance technique. Um, My brain is really fun like that. But when I gain awareness and start doing what I'm doing now, which is I remind myself daily, many times a day, that I choose to romanticize my life. It's something that I've done a lot in my life, and you probably have too, but like, I just have memories of, you know, walking through the rain, listening to beautiful music with an umbrella, or getting up early and taking a huge walk over the story bridge of a morning to uni or when I used to take the city cat which is a boat um a catamaran instead of like a bus (laughs) to get to work when I used to work at a cafe on the other side of the river and I'd listen to music and I'd stand at the front of the boat and I'd just let the wind go past me and you know just think wow this is an amazing life I'm so lucky and being grateful for those things and I feel like Sometimes the idea of like, I must be grateful can get a bit grating when you're feeling shitty. But by romanticizing those little things in your life, like putting on music and like music helps all of the romanticizing everything. Because if you think about like a movie soundtrack, it just enhances the experience of what you're watching. It's the same thing with your life. So if you're having trouble like seeing the good in these tiny little things, like on some music and in like music that feels really good to you and then do the mundane tasks because the reality is like it I need to eat and cook and take my supplements and clean and breastfeed which is what I'm currently doing I need to do all of those things plus do my work and whatever else I need to do them every day I don't get to just be like, no, I'm not going to do that today because I chose to be a parent and I chose to be a business owner and this is the life that I chose. So if I'm going to sit here as a parent being down on those choices all the time, like, yeah, okay, you can have bad days. Of course, everybody has bad days. But if I'm getting, it's getting to the point where I'm feeling resentful about all of it. I'm forgetting that A, this is my choice and B, that there are special things about that. You know, I didn't choose this because I didn't have a choice. I chose this because I wanted to. I wanted to be a parent. I wanted to be a stay-at-home mum. I wanted to be a business owner on the side of being a stay-at-home mum. I wanted to be in a relationship with the person I'm in a relationship with. And the autonomy and the independence and the power in remembering those is really helpful. Now, that's not to say that you need to just accept the status quo. If there's something in your life that needs changing, you got to change it. But romanticizing the ways that you do that is amazing. So I put on my music and I'll look through my recipe books before I cook dinner. I may not actually use my recipe books, but it's nice to just have them there. Or I like might look on my computer for a recipe if I'm like, oh, I've got this, what can I cook with it kind of a vibe. Or if I'm feeling like this, how can I make it so that it's going to be right for all of our allergies? 
and I'll Google it or whatever. Even just taking five minutes to have a herbal tea whilst I've got the music on, it helps me to romanticise my life. I think about what my life would look like if I were to film it, if I had the skills of a filmographer, which I totally don't. But (laughs) I think about that sometimes. And while that might be performative, in the end, nobody is ever going to see it but me. This is my life. And it fulfills me to think about like what my life would look like if, if it was a movie. Part of the joy of that is starting to rediscover hobbies. I've always been someone who loved cooking, obviously. I'm a nutritionist. I did lots of cooking classes in high school as well, but sewing was a big one. I did lots of sewing classes at high school and I've known how to sew most of my life too. And I've also known how to knit since I was probably five years old or something, five or six, maybe seven. I don't know. I'm pretty sure my parents were still together, so it had to have been about five or six. But I've known how to sew, uh, sew knit for a really long time. And obviously I love to knit and you might have seen that on my social media and stuff. But I've, I now have a sewing machine. But rediscovering these hobbies, art as well. My mum is really, she's an artist, um, although she doesn't paint so much anymore. I wish she did. She was a really beautiful painter. And my sisters are really, really good at art as well. And I always just, because they're so good at art, I just thought, oh, well, you know, Ali got those jeans. I'm not necessarily going to be that artistic. Um, I just assumed that maybe she was the creative one or something. I don't know. The stupid shit you tell yourself, right? But I've rediscovered that because I was talking to a friend of mine about how I like would love to make some paintings and then write affirmations and put them on my wall. And then she's very lovely. Her name's Julia or Jules from Ariabella Rises. I'll tag her in my show notes. She's got a great podcast too, by the way. But she sent me some paints, um, some watercolor pencils and some paper and paints for tucker and all of that and so I've been painting as well and that's been really good for me as well because I have a different mindset about it whereas like a decade ago in the company that I had at that time I would have judged myself too highly to even bother like my art's not good my art's not good whereas now I'm just like I'm okay if my art is crap it's not like anybody has to see it like it's literally just me having fun and, and, and trying things. And if, if it looks pretty, then that's great. But like, it's just a way for me to learn. And so I've got that, you know, different mindset, which is really nice too. But yeah, like I, I've been spending more of my time doing that, reading so many more books this year than I ever have. Most of them are audio books, to be honest, but I have been reading more and just really filling my cup in that way. I'm doing this because I'm really very concerned about my nervous system. I'm concerned that it's affecting my thyroid and I'm concerned that it's affecting my ability to grow a baby. It's not my main motivation. Like, yes, I do want to have another baby, but it's not my main motivation. My main motivation is I want to be healthy for the long haul at the very least so that I can watch Tucker grow up and, and be a part of his life and see you know what he does and who he becomes I think it's going to be special and of course I would love to have another child and watch them grow up as well but I think more than anything like if I wasn't 
going to have another child if it didn't work out for me. I still want to work on my health so that I can be healthy and happy for my kid. I also want to teach him tools that I never got taught about how to cope and soothe yourself with your emotions instead of just avoiding them all the time. I think it's okay to avoid your emotions sometimes. Like sometimes you just don't have the capacity to deal with the negativity and that's okay, you know, but also finding a way to show yourself that it's safe to feel those emotions is really important. And if you're not doing that, I really encourage you to dip your toe into it because especially if you grew up essentially being told that like any emotion that you had that wasn't positive was like something that got you in trouble. The prospect of feeling sad and or angry and expressing that can be terrifying. The week that I had my miscarriage, I I started on a Sunday and by the Wednesday, you know, I was still really tired, but my husband had to work his afternoon job and I was parenting on my own. It happened to be a full moon at the time and I was exhausted and not really up for parenting on my own at that point, but I'm breastfeeding right now if you don't know. So you can hear my dreaming child. It's all right, Bubba. I was parenting and I was trying so hard to be present, to not pick up my phone, to not like want to have TV on in the background, like on my laptop or something while I did chores and to actually like actively do an activity with my kid and it was all of that stuff that usually I have a lot of patience for I just because I was so worn out my body hadn't recovered yet I just didn't have the patience for Tucker and it just felt awful and frustrating because I wasn't able to communicate in a way that I normally would be and so the results essentially were that I was stressed and resentful. I was really resentful towards my husband, even though he wasn't even there. I was resentful about my situation. I was resentful about being a mum and everything. And I was in the middle of trying to cook dinner. That's a very loud bird. (laughs) In the middle of trying to cook dinner, and it was salmon, I believe, or something like trout or salmon. And I had some ghee in a pan and I was cooking the fish and I turned around and I was probably standing a meter away from the pan anyway a big glob of hot ghee jumped out of the pan and spat into my eye and I just lost it I was bawling my eyes out angry I was so angry it's not yelling but I was just like probably making some animalistic noises to be honest I can't exactly remember but you know Tucker's like, why are you doing that? Because like, I'm upset, Tucker. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I felt so weighed down by all of this anger and resentment and frustration. And I went outside and I just cried and I just allowed myself to feel all of my feelings. And I felt ridiculous. And I was like, God, the neighbours probably think that there's something fucking stupid going on over here. You know, but oh well, I'm human. (laughs) And I realised maybe 15 minutes after I'd stopped, I felt amazing. But at the time, the feelings were so fucking unbearable. It was horrible. 
And I think that's the thing is like, this too shall pass. Finding a way to remember that when things are hard, that it's okay to feel your feelings is really important because when we feel our feelings and stop avoiding our feelings, we allow that stress loop to close. We've processed it and we move on and we feel better. But the more that we avoid it, the more that it builds up. The more that it builds up, the more damage it does to our psyche, to our body, to our mental health in general. It's not a negative to be angry and it's not a negative to express your anger by being loud. As long as you're not hurting anyone, like if you're yelling abuse at someone, yeah, that's not great. But if you're just yelling, not directed at anyone, not even in the vicinity of anyone, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with removing yourself and saying, I just can't deal with this right now. I need a moment and giving yourself some grace. So that's what I've learned from this miscarriage essentially is to give myself grace, to feel my feelings, to romanticize my life so that I can find gratitude for the mundane stuff because it really is beautiful. Yeah. If any of this resonates with you, I'd love to hear from you. You can send me a DM on at Miranda's Wellness on Instagram or at an authentic life podcast on instagram as well i guess what i want to leave you with more than anything is the understanding that you are not alone in feeling any of these feelings and no matter how you express your anger grief frustration resentment etc you are doing your best yes you can gain awareness and change the way that you express them into healthier ways but if the way you're expressing it right now is something that you wouldn't characterize as healthy or kind or whatever that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with who you are it's just that there's something wrong with what you were taught and you can unlearn it all right i'm gonna finish this up now but i'm sending you love And if you would like to talk to me or have a consultation with me, hit me up. I do 15-minute complimentary discovery calls. Um, Just head to my website and you can book those. Uh, Otherwise, I've got my six-month Embody Immersion open at the moment. I've only opened it to six participants um, because I don't really have the room for more than that right now. But if you want any more information on that, obviously check my website, but send me an email hello at mirandaswellness.com.au or again send me a dm i'm happy to chat to you um and if you dm me i can probably do a voice message because it's so much easier anyway talk to you soon if you liked this podcast please share it with someone you love take a screenshot and put it in your stories or review and rate the podcast on itunes to help new listeners find it You can follow me at Miranda's Wellness or at An Authentic Life Podcast on Instagram and work with me at www.mirandaswellness.com.au. The information, views and opinions expressed in this podcast should not be treated as a substitute for nutritional, medical or other advice by a qualified professional. Guests in this podcast express their own opinions, experiences and conclusions and nothing in this podcast should be used to diagnose, treat, cure or prevent 
represent any medical condition. Neither Miranda Partridge or any sponsor endorse any views, opinions or conclusions expressed or shared in this podcast.